0: Yeah, Scorpios who do some, I mean Sagittarians who have a little Scorpio. I feel like there's something good, something really balanced there because I am dating Sagittarians who have a lot of Scorpio and and it's just not stinging as as it as it usually does. So, maybe that's the balance.
1: Yeah, well, 'cause cuz the water is is chilling the fire the fuck out. Mm.
0: See, I think, mm-hmm, sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. okay, okay. I
0: think that the fire is <laughs> helping the water be less of a fucking cunt, but
1: that's just me. Oh, and I love yeah, the word yeah, cunt yeah, yeah. and I
0: use it in I every love the word positive well, so? and negative ways because I think it's equal opportunity.
1: Same, same. Yeah, I use cool it all shit. the time like that person's being a cunt, but I'm also right. going to use it in an empowering way. And it's all about the context and the nuance of right. how I just fucking said it.
0: Yeah. And I love saying it during sex. That's a new thing, actually, for me is like okay. while in the midst of sex being like whatever I want to eat your cunt whatever like that like really just mm. just taking it everywhere just bringing it all the way you know I like that's that.
1: the cold open right there
0: baby <laughs> I fall in love just a little a oh, little bit every day with someone new I fall in love just a little a oh, little bit
1: every day with someone new hey everybody and welcome to remodeled love the podcast i'm your polyamorous mama jessica levity day lover and with me today someone i mean i'm having a fangirl moment i'm having a parasocial moment no really don't don't shake your head bitch because it's fucking true cool. um from the dear jessamine podcast from what other podcasts do you have Dharma dharmacosm
0: uh, and i hate it here is my third for now yeah okay. there's a couple in pre-production but if yeah if you go to sh- Spotify and you search Tenderfire Media, you'll see all my shows.
1: There we go from Tenderfire yeah. Media. It's Ash Danger Phoenix. What <laughs> up, bitch?
0: Hey, hey. This is fun. I I've, I've known we've we were going to do this for a really long time. I just didn't know on what topic, and so I'm glad to be here for this one. This is a pity.
1: I was like so stoked when you reached out because this the topic that we're going to talk about today is something that I have so many feelings and thoughts about Mm -hmm. and I think what I love about you and why I'm such a fan of you is I feel like our brains work very similarly. Mm -hmm. We're both fire signs. We're both neurodivergent fire signs. And so I feel like the way you break things down on Dear Jessamine, I am always right there with you. And so I'm excited to tear apart this topic with you. And I have a feeling it's a bit coming from a bit of a vulnerable place right now. Oh Yeah, for sure. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> so, first, we start all of Remodel Love Podcasts uh, with a privilege and identity check so that everyone listening, even if they can't see your face or they don't know who you are, they can take what you're spouting here, whether that's wisdom, opinion, fact, whatever, um, from the lens of your the experience that you've walked. Totally. Love it.
0: Um, I want to hear you do yours, and then I'm going to do mine. Is that Okay.
1: Okay. So I finally wrote mine down because I feel like I'm always winging mine and I really wanted. So for my listeners who have heard this, you know, a million times, I'm actually going to lay it out clearly. So I'm a white cis woman, almost 37 in a legal hetero presenting marriage with a white cis man. I'm mostly non-disabled, but suffer from chronic pain, which runs in my family. I'm autistic and neurodivergent. I'm a reluctant demisexual who desires to be a slut. Uh, I'm also bisexual. I've been polyamorous for 10 years with the same anchor partner. We used to be hierarchical, and now we're trying to dismantle that as much as is possible inside the fucking nuclear family with young children. Uh, We have two biological children, one and four, we are technically low income, but protected from houselessness by, you know, familial support system who doesn't support our love style or what we do for a living, but they still would would come to bat for us. And that's a, an immense privilege. Um, I went to college and I'm still paying it off. And most importantly, I'm a Sagittarius son with a Cancer moon and a Cancer ascendant. Um, oh, and, you know, people have been asking to make sure that we're adding our body size to to our identity and privilege check and previously I was uh, identifying as I fluctuate somewhere between plus size and mid-size but I've recently learned mid-size is out it's called small fat
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's what I mean that's what I mean it's like okay I'm gonna stop fighting it and I'm gonna talk about small fat in a sec but um so I do want to say that I'm a white cis woman um, I'm a dyke, I have a bachelor's degree, I have a gorgeous expansive community that is everywhere all the time and would always be wherever I needed them to, no matter what. Um, I was raised in foster care, I was adopted, um, that shit feels like it comes up a lot, even if I don't notice it, you know? Um, I'm an Aries sun, uh, Virgo rising, and a reluctant Gemini moon. Um, <laughs> And I'm queer, which feels like a privilege. Uh, Uh, Yes. I'm poly. I've been poly for 16 years, which feels also like a privilege. I podcast, which I like. I'm jobless right now. If anybody needs to hire a podcaster, an editor, a videographer, cute, small, fat, homosexual, (laughs) hire me. That's time is now. Um, Yeah. I've got four partners, which sometimes feels like a privilege and (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm looking for a job that's my check-in i
1: i love it now tell me oh first of all tabling this Mm -hmm. how you feel about scorpios is all how i feel (laughs) about gemini's (laughs) so
0: you see why the gemini i started dating this person who i'm madly in love with and she also has a gemini moon and i was saying like oh wow we both have a gemini moon how do you relate to yours she said babe it's not something to be proud of (laughs) you're like it's
1: I'm in love I'm
0: in love 100% absolutely having the
1: same moon as a partner me and my husband have the same moon and I'm like oh just fucking game changer anyway
0: me and Mm Jessamine are both Virgo rising and it makes our work together
1: amazing I absolutely can see that um so tell me this little tabled note you had about small fat
0: well only and I was it's only on my tip of my tongue because I was just explaining this to a thin person I'm dating that like and she was talking about how interesting it is she's dated fat people but not people who share with her aspects of their fat identity which I'm like do they really have a fat identity? Not judging them but like I get not wanting to share with thin people but if I'm fucking somebody like we're going to talk about bodies if you, if it's me you know Um. and so yeah there's nothing to be ashamed of either like it's there's nothing we're different but there's nothing different in a way that I can't talk about I guess um, mm. but I was talking about how one time I was hanging out with these fat people <clears throat> well i was working for them which does change the dynamic just a little bit but um and we were talking about fatness and i was talking about being fat and this one was like but you're like chubby right and i was like like as an identity i'm fat i don't know chubby i don't know what you mean you know and they're like well you're like small fat like you're not like you know super fat or like you know what i mean you're not like whatever and i was just like bro tell the middle school haters how unfat <laughs> i am bro like that's not Tell everybody who has said like, has like disconnected from me on a dating app when they see like a body shot. I'm like, fuck you. Like I'm fat. And that's, that's how it is. And I get that. Like, I don't have the same, I don't live with the same limitations that a lot of people who are bigger than me do. But like, mm-hmm. I, I f- fear the, I fear why we're doing that to each other. Like, I don't ever mm-hmm. want to tell anybody about their own identity. For instance, here's a great fat thing. I have f- friends who've lost hundreds of pounds, right? And so they're in this category visually of thinness, but they have fat parents and fat sisters and they live fat their whole lives and they're now in- straddling this identity that means like they're not fat categorically. However, like they still live with and-, and experience and have memories of and whatever, the same things that they used to. And when they show up, it's a privilege, don't get me wrong, like they're seen differently in the world and that's important. But their identity internally hasn't necessarily shifted in the ways that people want them to or need them to for their own satisfaction. And I'm like, leave people's identities alone. I just don't even have time. My thing is I need to be worrying about my fatness and where I'm putting it and you know what I mean? Who's who's engaging with it or not? And so it's it's really what this episode is about for me, this breaking up is hard to do thing, because it's like there's so much that I need to be worrying about on my on my end. That like Mm -hmm. I can't be telling other people about themselves and be in my integrity at the same time. Mm. So I feel that way about small fat.
1: And I, Even I, though and I'm even a small just, fat.
0: <laughs> at the same time.
1: I feel like you and Jessamine talk a lot on Dear Jessamine about just keeping your eyes totally. on your own mat, you know? Yeah, totally. And I love that. And, you know, she said in her book, there ain't nothing I need to say to somebody else that I don't need to say to my damn self. That's, That's like right. a fucking life motto for me. Um, I think in general, and and we could end this here, I think in general, I try to maintain this humility that causes me to likely overcorrect a little bit Mm -hmm. when somebody from a lesser privileged or a more marginalized identity. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. (laughs) But when somebody with a more marginalized identity slides into my DMs or sends an email saying... I listened to your show or I took in this piece of content and it rubbed me the wrong way as someone with a more marginalized identity that you were identifying X, Y, Z. I just try to listen mm-hmm. and then try to incorporate. And sometimes I can overcorrect and then I end up going too far the other direction. And I think mainly my thing in life is just to know how to be wrong. Mm. And so I'm like, yes. Okay. Grace. Yeah. Amen. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> perfect transition. Beautiful. Um, so the way this happened is I posted, I was going through my notes app, and I found this breakup letter that I wrote in 2016. And sometimes, do you ever look at a piece of writing and you're like, I wrote that? Yes. (laughs) yeah yes constant Absolutely. my I never think of myself as a writer and my husband's always like you are definitely a writer but it's only because I can only write when I'm not trying to. yes
0: yes I <laughs> yeah. feel that because otherwise I'm talking like I literally will call Jessamine after a date and be like okay so this is what happened this is how I feel about it this is what I think now that what do you think like actually I don't really <laughs> ask for feedback usually but I just like get it out and I'm like is this a journal entry so I started doing it on Marco Polo oh with her so that I still have access to it eventually. Because, like, you know, I can throw all that into a, <clears throat> a transcription app and, like, have it in writing. But it's and what it is. A yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. totally that. But I'm mm-hmm. relational, right? So I would much – like, it comes better and easier. That's why you see me on the show, you like me on Dear Jessamine, It's because I'm talking to Jessamine. Yes. But if I was just, like, writing, it just wouldn't be the same, you know?
1: Yep. I have to yeah. convince myself that I'm – or, like – do the transcription thing but that's why I cannot journal my husband journals twice a day that fucking non-ADHD Libra Um, (laughs) but for me like I had to create like a close friends list and be like Mm -hmm. this is now my journal because I'm motivated because I'm talking to someone and also I'm getting dopamine feedback from reactions that's right anyway uh so I released this (laughs) I released this letter that I wrote a breakup letter and it's essentially me breaking up with somebody while still in love with them. Mm-hmm. But it's me telling them, I'm looking at the signs around us. I'm, I'm seeing what I called the exit sign. Mm-hmm. It's time for us to get off the highway, even though there's still more highway left Yeah, and we could stay on. And you commented, can we please talk about this? <laughs> totally. And I want to know how that landed for you. Well, <clears throat>
0: So years ago, and the only reason I think I remember this so well is that various friends of mine bring it back up to me all the time. But years ago, my exceptionally wise friend said just offhand, what if we broke up before we hated each other? Mm -hmm. And this is in a very lesbian context, which if you know anything about lesbian breakups, it's like, holy shit. It's like the God waiting for the Powerball the other night. Hours and hours and hours of when is this ever going to actually fucking happen? I texted somebody, it felt like Bush v. Gore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, lesbian breakups often take a long time. Not always, but often do. And I have theories behind it. But um, what if we do it before all that? What if we just say, you know what? I think we're breaking up. Let's just break up instead of all of the, but what if and when we and if she and, you know, we could and what somebody wants and whatever. um, Just say, hey, because, you know, not doing that, I think, is really about scarcity. And, like, mm, what, mm. is there going to be enough love? Is there going to be somebody else who likes me? Is somebody going to fuck me the way that person did? Whatever. And and there's all these good reasons to, like, try when you know it's over. And it's not over because you hate them. It's over because what was working or what, what I was attracted to or what kept me in it is either gone or eroding or circumstances have changed or whatever. And, like, you know it in your heart. And the reason I wanted to talk to you about it is because... A, I got dumped for the first time in 15 years, a few weeks ago. Yes, I see that pouty lip. However, there's a twist and I'll get to it. Okay. But um, it was such a liberating experience because I'd only been dumped once in my life. And I'd be dating. It's not like, you know, shit happens. I I break up with people and mm-hmm. it's my Aries shit. It's like leadership and <laughs> like impulsiveness. But it's also like a discomfort in like sitting in the uncertainty and I feel pretty convicted, like when I, in general, about all things, but when I'm like, I think this is not working. Like, I think this is not going the way that it was going. um, I have to say that. And what that feels like to me is like being in touch with my integrity. And when I'm not like what, what I read in what you wrote was like, Hey, I need to be honest. Like I need to be in my integrity. I need to tell Mm -hmm. you that this is what needs to happen. And the reason I wanted to talk about it is because, people who do a lot of dating, which I do, I feel like you do at least more than the average married human. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I'm trying. Yeah. Well, good. Um, I feel like this is such an important thing to be very clear about. Like I go to the gym every day. I have a routine. I know how to stretch before I run. If I don't, I pull something, whatever. Right. And similarly, I feel like knowing how to break up well is something that going into dating, we should have a way better handle on. And I'm not saying we, like I'm telling people how to be, I need to get better at breaking up with people if I'm going to be doing all the dating I'm doing. And it's been a crash course this summer since I moved out of my primary partner's house, our house, whatever, um, into an apartment in the next town over. I feel like I've just been dating a lot more because there's it's just what happens. And casually, you know, and even in casual situations, ghosting isn't an option for me. Now, I've heard people recently sort of talk about ghosting in a way that they're like, yeah, I'm just not fucking doing the whole emotional rigmarole for like a Tinder date that I went on once we didn't kiss. I'm like, I feel you and it's not in my integrity to just not say anything to somebody Um, because I wouldn't like somebody to do that to me. Some people are like, oh, thank God they haven't called me. I'm so happy. Let's just (laughs) leave it at that. You know, that's not me. So to be in my integrity, I would need to not ghost people. And so that means I have to get good at this, especially if I want the riches of having so many people who are excited about kissing me. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a responsibility that goes along with that, you know, it feels like a real gift. And so that's the reason I reached out. Cause I was just like, Oh, this is so juicy. And so happening right now in my life, like all the time, I think I probably broke up with somebody that day is actually what happened. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I, and it's not broke up with like a long-term partnership. It's literally like, we've been on several dates I like you as a human, either I'm not hot for you or what you bring doesn't jive with what else, what else I'm doing. And that mm. is so important and so not personal that I need to be really good at whatever I want to say about that. If I'm going to be out here dating like this, you know? And so I just, I thought we would, you would have good perspective and I wanted to chat with you about it.
1: Oh my God. I'm so excited. And there's cool. so many directions that I want to go in from that. I think one of the things that polyamory has taught me is how to get good at breakups because you just, it's a numbers game. You're literally just going to do a lot of them. And I think men get ghosted. I, you know, I don't know. I just know that my husband gets ghosted a lot more than I do. Interesting. And Oh, I ghost men.
0: Sorry to, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Wow. I'm glad you said that. That's a piece I need to think about more.
1: (laughs) And, you know, he started, he's uncomfortable with, telling people the truth or just laying it out so bluntly. But he what he has found is that every time he's done it when he's ending it is the other person is always grateful. Yeah.
0: That's right. Um
1: and so even in the moment, I think I might go through some rejection sensitivity on my end of the phone or I might be salty. But I'm always going to be thankful ultimately. Give me 30 seconds. Um and I'm with you on that Aries shit. I, you know, I'm a people pleaser, Sagittarius, so I'm a little bit at war with myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And just being low on spoons. And I think I need to be better about knowing my bandwidth before I start talking to people. For me, it's not ghosting if we have not gone out yet.
0: Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um,
1: Because I do start a lot of conversations that like then my both of my kids get sick and Mm -hmm. it's three weeks later and I I literally didn't even know that it's been oh, three weeks. Oh my a- God.
0: <laughs> this happened to me the other day, maybe a couple of weeks ago. I was like texting with somebody off Tinder or whatever. This is before I like cemented my like four solid, very regular dates who I see all the time and have like, I feel like a lot of responsibility too. But I was texting with this person and like they said, I was, you know, we were just chatting, whatever. And they said something about like, I think they were sensitive. It's okay. But I was like, to this. I was I was like, oh, you know, I was saying what I do for work. I was like, what do you do for work? And they're like, oh, I'm a full-time sex worker. I was like, cool. I'm sure we said one or two other things. My life got busy. I had other shit to do. You know what I mean? Like I'm full-time looking for a job, which like takes all of my fucking energy. It's like selling yourself. That is just not my, I don't care for it. I know how good I am. You should too by looking at me and like, let's call <laughs> it a day. Um. <laughs> so it's like hard. It's like an emotional like vulnerability that I'm not yeah. accustomed to and I don't prefer it. But I'm just beat at the end of the day. I'm not trying to like meet new people. And the question has been posed. Why do I keep my profiles up? I'm like, cause it's not your business. Number one. And number two, <laughs> get out of my face. But anyway, so this person was like, yeah, I'm a sex worker. And I was like, "Neat, whatever, moving on. That is like the least, I mean, it's not the least interesting thing, but I'm like, I don't care. I mean, I do podcasts. Great. Nice to meet you. You know. And then they texted me back maybe like five or six days later. And they were like, Oh, actually, you know what was crazy is I had, a, um, I had a text that I was like, had written and just I didn't send it. Either I didn't or I forgot to or it didn't send or I thought it did, whatever. But they, I got this text from them that was like, it's really fucked up to ghost somebody after they tell you they're a sex worker. I'm like, mm-hmm. first of all, I don't really ghost. So I'm sorry that that feels that way. And, and they were like, they said something like, don't write back. And so I took a few hours because I was like, so this is kind of a small community. I live in Oakland. Like you know, anywhere can be a small queer community if you really put your mind to it. But um, it feels like a small queer community. I was like, I want to run into this person at a party and they're gonna be like, oh, there's that stupid bitch who ghosted me. I'm like, I don't ghost. Like, it's just not something I feel appropriate. <laughs> like, it doesn't go with my identity at all. So I was like, I know you said don't write back. So at the risk of sounding, or at the risk of being disrespectful, I just want to say, it wasn't my intention to ghost you. I'm sure I got really busy. I'm really sorry that we had like a mismatch in like, the level of intensity or something, but I didn't Mm -hmm. think that we were talking in a way that not talking would feel Mm -hmm. as badly as it seems to have for you. And I'm sorry about that. And I wish you very well. And I, I think they blocked me. I mean, there's no, (laughs) there's no response, but I was just like, I've never been accused of ghosting before. And it really, this is what I mean doing all this dating. Like you gotta, I can't be not sending texts back if I don't want to talk to somebody. And then I don't want to seem like a ghoster. I got to say, Hey, you know, I'm going to stop talking to you now or something, you know? But, my yeah, it feels important to me to not be seen that way for some reason. Maybe I should unpack that.
1: Mm, definitely. And just, like, the uh, not being in control of the identity right. that someone sees you as, for sure. Yeah, you know, I think it's hard. That person's obviously sensitive to that. I have a partner who often gets ghosts after they disclose their HSV status. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so obvious that that's what it is. And so yeah. I imagine that the sex worker's, like, so used to that that it's yeah, just, damn okay, do you ever feel like okay because i want to take personal responsibility for all of my own fuckery and all mm-hmm. the unloving behavior and mistakes that i make and like even when it's an accident and yeah. i know three weeks went by um do you ever feel like the universe is just using you to manifest someone else's insecurity absolutely <laughs>
0: like absolutely. that person
1: obviously has a belief that they get ghosted after they reveal that you yeah. honestly don't care but you just right. happen it's like they manifested that and mm-hmm. i'm not saying you're not responsible for your behavior it's just like you're sometimes i'm like god damn it i didn't no it's that. interesting
0: too i love that um perspective because there is i think <clears throat> i follow this concept of the 15 commitments of conscious leadership the first commitment being committing to taking 100% responsibility for myself. And um, I feel like, I love what you're saying because I'm like, I've been done unjustly. I feel (laughs) like this person, (laughs) you don't know the real me and you need to know. And I was just having this argument with my sister actually about, um, you know, not not being your responsibility. Like you, you know what I mean? Proving to somebody how good you are on planet earth is really not what this is all about. Um, But just proving that to yourself, I feel like day to day might be. Um, and like doing the things that make that, you know, possible to believe, <laughs> I feel like might be. But um, yeah, I did call. Wow. I'm having a different experience of that person now. And I appreciate perspective you've offered there.
1: Because <laughs> yeah, oh they, they're I sensitive because they're
0: hurting. And like, I don't yeah. need to like demand that they see me a certain way. I don't fucking care. I know who I am, you know.
1: Yes. And the more that you know who you are, the less that affects you. I have a um, how to be wrong coach mentor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what what they would have told me in that situation is, uh, you know, I can absolutely see why you feel that way. I did completely stop talking to you after you revealed that. I hope that, you know, has nothing to do with you or what you said, but I can absolutely see how that landed in your world. And I'm really sorry. And in the future, I would disconnect with let you know that I would be disconnecting yeah. before just accidentally forgetting blah blah blah. Well if I've gotten uh, nothing
0: else out of this day, I appreciate that <laughs> expansiveness in my perspective. Thank you.
1: Yeah. You're thank you for being the type of person that loves to have conversations like this. And that's why I love you. It's why I love Jessamine and it's why I think even though currently paused, retired, whatever on the shelf, <laughs> dear Jessamyn dear Jessamine is, I think, the best non-monogamy podcast oh, out come there. On. You know, for real, because it is so vulnerable and the way mm. y'all talk to each other is so like uh, subconsciously uh, informative to people mm. because, you you, because you hear two people saying things to each other yeah. and one person goes, oh, wow, I didn't feel this way or think this way or I hadn't considered that. You can hear you each being moved by the other mm. person's ideas and you're mm. not just in the conversation to be right. Sometimes it starts that way.
0: Well, I don't believe in right and wrong, and so it, it fucks with um, that paradigm a lot, in a good way for she and I, for sure.
1: Well, what you hear is two people genuinely relating.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, I'm and- she's a genius, and I'm madly in love with her, so. <laughs>
1: sure yeah, so- fine. Actually heading, I, I want to veer that way. So right now we're yeah. kind of talking about mini breakups, like or lo, let's call them low stakes breakups, like yeah. ghosting, yeah. right? But kind of what led us to this conversation are the fucking brutal, I feel like I'm dying breakups. Yeah. And I want to toss out two metaphors that I used in the caption of that post because I know I'm going to reference them. I'm cool. a metaphor whore, a meta whore. <laughs> <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> Metaphor, um, so the first one is the highway one. So, like, you're on the highway, that's your relationship, and you see the sign, some things start to happen. You're like, ooh, exit five miles ahead. And if you have anxious attachment mm-hmm. or you know, trauma, you're gonna cling. And actually, the notice of the five mile exit ahead is actually gonna make you do things you wouldn't have done had you not seen that, that's right? Yeah, um, and then you have an opportunity, the exit passes, that's you know, where the dharma was for you to break up Mm. and you miss it but that's fine that's fine we're all human and so you get off at the next exit you turn around or if you continue to cling next thing you know the highway ends you're overturned off of a ledge and you have so much more work to do to get back because you didn't let go when you were supposed Mm. to and my other metaphor is expired food so you see the expiration date and you're like but there's still sour cream left in the tub like i there i still love the sex is still good mm-hmm. why is the sex still good mm-hmm. and then next thing you know i mean the longer that sour cream stays in that fridge past its expiration date it just gets more sour and it's going to make you sick that's right so those are my two metaphors and i feel like with polyamory it's just this fucking roller coaster ride where we are just falling in love and we're on the highway we've got mm-hmm. the sour cream all the metaphors And it's just like, I'm in love with you. The sex is good. But for some fucking reason, this isn't working. Yeah. And it requires two conscious people. Because if you have any type of push-pull dynamic or any type of codependent uh, game playing going on, it's just going to be impossible to do that work.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I think that I may... um... Speak in like intentionally fewer like absolutes than what I'm hearing you say. And I, and I do that like intentionally. Like I said, uh I'm, I've been working on that for really, for years. And it's because it just fucks with my, that roller coaster idea. Like it create, it like makes that so much more intense and the codependent game playing and stuff like that. So like, I don't know that it's impossible. I don't know that it's like, and, and the other thing about breakups. And again, <laughs> my boo said to me the other day that, um, I'm a multi-generational lesbian, just based on some of the ways I was talking about different, because I was adopted by lesbians. And so I was I was already a lesbian. I was adopted by lesbians. I'm, I am know a lot about lesbian culture. I love lesbianism. She's, she also said they don't make dykes anymore, which I'm like, why? But I think she's right. It's like a really old guard, like way to be. I'm other, I'm other things too. I'm queer, I'm gay, I'm bisexual, I'm all these things, but I'm a lesbian. And I don't think it has to be so intense all the time. And that doesn't, I don't think, have to take from the intensity of the connection either and i think that de-escalation is this really interesting and very hard to practice very principled way of reassessing relationships so earlier when i said i got dumped i did i got dumped by this person who we were calling each other girlfriends we had been which is like not partner in her world not partner and like not lover and like not date but like girlfriend is somewhere close to partner but like whatever and so. Uh that had happened over the course of the summer and we'd known each other like over a decade in the world, but um we started dating and it was really intense and really amazing and magical and we were girlfriends. And then she was just like one day, it was after Folsom Street Fair, which I don't know if you know anything about Folsom, but it's like this kink party basically mm-hmm. in San Francisco. And uh we got home and she was just like we were on mushrooms, which <laughs> was a horrible part of the story for me. Um, and she just sat me down, and she was like, Look, something's not right. And I was like, Whoa. I really wish I wasn't on mushrooms. She was like, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I really don't know what to tell you. There's no more words, but then something's not right. And I was like, you know, what's fucked up about this is that I'm high right now. And when I come down from the mushrooms, my reality as it was, is not going to be the reality that it will be. And mm-hmm. she was like, because we were girlfriends 15 minutes ago and now we're not. And I was like, yeah. And so that felt super clear to me. I haven't been dumped since I was 18. I got dumped by an Aries, which almost doesn't even feel like being dumped. It's like an, it's like such a sweet gift. She's such a dear person in my life, but I was 18 and it made sense to get dumped then. And I was like, never again. So getting dumped after Folsom, I was like, okay, I think the protocol here is like, just don't talk to that person, take their picture down off my wall, like try and figure out how to just like be okay with this. And, um, that's not her. She's not used to that. She's used to people being really clingy and like, coming back and be like, but let's make it work and don't mm-hmm. you think that we can whatever and I was like, I'll never do that. That's just there's a dignity thing that I just simply even if I want to and need to I'm telling my journal all my friends know everything, you know, I would never go back to that person in part because if a femme offers me a boundary, that's the law of the land. If a femme offers a boundary, period, that's the end of any questions being asked, you know, and it sucks because I want to fight and be like, but we have all these amazing whatever. And so principally, I can save myself from, you know what I mean, like the pain of that going back or whatever, because a femme offered me a boundary and it feels like an offering, it feels like a gift. I can just live with the truth of we are not girlfriends anymore. And what happened, I think, in the space that was made in my reflection and just our sweetness, our closeness was that we still date, we date now, We <laughs> we have a standing Wednesday. And so three days after she dumped me she was like but are we still gay Gay. (laughs) that's right thank you yes please um she was like do you think on wednesday morning she was like hey do you think we could still keep our wednesday for today and just like check in i'd love to know how you've been the last few days and i'm like sure you know whatever and so in the past three days what i had been doing was like recognizing that it's true that i think we hadn't we didn't have the foundation necessary for us to be building in a way that is called girlfriends—that we are not building a future with each other, but we're really enjoying each other's company. The sex is bomb, like we live pretty close to each other, and all these things together, like you know, you can't make an old friend, and she's essentially an old friend. And I mean, the sex is great, like I can't even, you know. So being able to adjust our expectations of each other meant that we could still have something, and that's all—all all that whole process is called deescalation, and it requires that both of us get really clear what we want and what we don't want and then share that with each other in a way that's vulnerable and transparent and sometimes that can be really scary she was really nervous that i was gonna have like a real i have anxious attachment so she was nervous that i was gonna have like a really intense time with the news and i was just like i did have an intense time with the news by myself in my bed wear like her sweater i'm like sniffing it i'm like "Ah!" don't you still love me is anybody gonna love me and it does help that I have other partners who do very much love me and don't have complicated feelings about showing that um because it it does it it like takes some of the wind out of the sails of like I'm a worthless piece of shit who will never have you know friends anymore or something like that um and it gets me it, it it gives me so much more to work with when I'm like coming back to the Wednesday night and being like I don't need to kiss you. I don't need to, you know what I mean? And like, you know, what it actually did, she's a Taurus, fucking stubborn ass. What it did was um, it gave her an opportunity. There was space, right? There was space. And she talks about this where um, in partnerships of hers, people have talked about being a burden or feeling like a burden, being worried they're a burden. And what she said to me when I said that once was that gives me no space to be anything. Cause I have to reassure you even when sometimes you're being a fucking burden and like, and not a burden, like I can't carry it, but a burden, like are you, what are you offering also? Like I'm offering this support or whatever. What are you bringing to this dynamic as, as equal partners, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's no space for her to be whatever when I'm talking about being a burden. And so I really examined that and reflected on it. And it's like, do I really feel that way? Or is that something that has gotten me what I've needed in the past? Has Mm. it gotten me care Mm. when I've said to somebody, oh, but I feel like this trump card thing, you have to take care of me now or reassure me that I'm not. What if I am kind of being an asshole? What if I am taking up a lot of emotional space? What if I am asking too much of somebody and they don't have it to offer? Are there friends I could go to? Can I call my therapist? Do I need to journal right now? Did I go to the gym this morning? Have I eaten today? Did I sleep last night? You know, like, are there things I can like, think about for myself and this isn't true for everybody and this isn't true for every dynamic but it made me really think about what does it mean to offer my partner space emotional space even if I'm having a huge emotional reaction to something and that's where the four partners come in I think um what I used to do when I was uh more friendly and less horny was have friends (laughs) but the pandemic shut all of that down I mean I still have friends and we talk but I moved during the pandemic from the east coast to the west coast and so you know, I want to just go over and have a cup of coffee and I can't really do that as well. And so making friends in a new town, there are no apps for that. I mean, I know there are technically, but they're not as... People are really motivated by their sex drive. And I find that like making lovers is easier and more direct or whatever these days. But that's another thing I really need to examine because friendships are so important and they teach me so much. And there's not this like added pressure of, you know, are we compatible sexually do we have a trauma history that m- makes this thing hard or this impossible thing not you know what i mean whatever like there it's just less complicated it's essentially the same for me like all of my lovers are very good friends who i also fuck but um i'm also making a couple of like friends like new old friends like people i've known in the past but we never really got close lately and i swear to god it takes the pressure off of all the lovers too i'm like oh you want to cancel a date that's great i want to play some fucking words with friends or something with my homie. So this is perfect, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's this about that balance. Re- the relationship it. anarchists are all about. That's me. Is the building is the building of community? Uh, yeah. simply because then, when something changes over here, it's not so much felt. Uh, you know, over here, that butterfly effect type of yeah, thing, like totally. the earthquakes radius, isn't going to be so big. And same thing with um, kind of related, but parenting as well. Like people are like, aren't you so worried about? your kids getting attached to your partners and inevitably oh, yeah. those oh, i will want to end. talk to you about that Tell yeah me so what you know. Um, <laughs> cuz i so date like, moms
0: you know what i mean a milf is like my like gold standard like
1: what up activeness. baby yeah you know you
0: know you know sagittarius milf actually so
1: I don't know um, we, okay, I interview over. Like, I <laughs> <laughs> um okay so so my answer to that has always been like well it's an honor to teach my kids about death and when yeah. to de-escalate or reformat a relationship yeah um but the thing that's really been hitting me lately is like you know the only people that have ever had to be removed from my kids' lives, were actually not partners, right? They were toxic mm. friends, mm-hmm. right? But we, but we don't go around telling people not to like bring friends right. into their kids' lives, even though those relationships also can end. It's not yeah. just who you're fucking. Right. Um, but I've noticed with this last, I would say this person was the fourth most impor- important person in my four-year-old's life, and they had to be removed this last year, and uh, it breaks my heart because there will be these moments where he he notices. Or asks about it but for the most part he's surrounded by so much love and community Mm -hmm. and other types of relationships that the hit the blow from that wasn't as big and that's Mm -hmm. tying back to your point about we have to have friendships we have to have queer platonic relationships we have to have erotic friendships like we can literally just do whatever the fuck we want i know that somebody just gave me that label the other day i was like yeah so i have this friend who's very soul sister like when mm-hmm. there is a karmic soul sisterness have y'all you run your pattern yes of course
0: because
1: okay, <laughs> we're gay well, um it. yeah and we went through a, a very intensive two-year spiritual training program together and that's very bonding and then um she's also polyamorous and queer and so we've done this kind of dance around playing together and it doesn't it's not always in the cards. Mm-hmm. So like occasionally we will play together, but it's not a consistent relationship. So I was like, it's not play it like be, uh, kink play. No, oh no. Like, like have sex or like have a force. Like we recently okay. had a force. Oh, yeah. Erotic
0: them. friendship. Sorry. Got it. I'm with you. I'm back. Yeah.
1: Okay. Erotic Thanks. friendship. Amazing. Yeah. So I was calling her my queer platonic relationship, but then the first time that we finally did fuck, yeah, it was like, okay, well, this isn't platonic anymore. And someone said, "I call those erotic friendships," and I was like, "Amazing, there it is. amazing! Yeah. Thank God." <laughs> um, ooh, can I split hairs about a term with Please. you for a second? Okay, yes. so de-escalating, I've been thinking a lot about because it inherently is it, it inherently assumes the relationship escalator. Yeah, if we're gonna de-escalate, that means we are, as we were escalating. Mm-hmm. So if we want to be relationship anarchists, I've been playing with reformat. Because we're just moving That's the good. pieces around.
0: That's good. Uh I mean, then- I am full time on an escalator. I know I like I wanna pretend like I'm not, but I know I am, but I like what you're saying because it gives an option for like when I'm ready to like stop that nonsense.
1: Totally. Well, and sometimes I still say de escalate because there's some kind of emotional de escalation that I am going through and I'm fucking right. kidding myself if I say I'm not. So Yeah, maybe it doesn't assume an escalator because maybe
0: it is that you're at a place. Tough. And maybe you want to go here, you know what I mean? You want to just backtrack or like step down a little bit, step back, you know, but I like reformats way more. It's a, it's a rectangle not the
1: square (laughs) yeah i think it's more accurate but sometimes just because i am so good at arguing you can really give me any point like if you were like debate the use of de-escalation you could put me on either side and i'm gonna nail it
0: (laughs) i love that you know that about yourself i'm that way too i hope we i hope we get a chance to really disagree about something because i think it would be really fun and juicy
1: do you know what i mean like and loving and
0: respectful and also like yeah i don't believe in right and wrong so it's all just fun for me
1: and i need to remember to be less binary in my thinking. I think mm. being an autistic Sagittarius, Enneagram eight, third child. Eight, fascinating. Eight.
0: Uh, eight, I'm a two. So like- See, And like, I love two. twos. all of my you partners are twos. Yeah. All my partners are eights. Well, Jessamyn's not, but-
1: That's so funny. Okay. All right. I have two other thoughts I'm keeping in my head. Okay. One thing is, I think the beautiful thing about polyamory that really allows me to lean into- uh, reformatting breakups, deescalating, whatever, Mm -hmm. is that you can always pick back up. So in monogamy, there's this fear of, I feel like we need to break up, but what if I'm wrong? And it's Mm. just shit I need to work on. But then I break up with them and then they go find a new partner. And then, then I realize I was wrong. Mm -hmm. I can't get back together with them.
0: Well, I think what happens in what you're saying, though, for me, something came up just in me as you were talking about like that it doesn't it can't be so flippant. And I know that I'm impulsive. And so that is part of because I've definitely had breakups, post breakup sex. I've definitely had like back in like Mormon. It's not even more monogamous times in my life because I've known I'm poly forever. But there are just eras where or partners who or regions, frankly, I mean, living in the South, sometimes it's tricky to not live in scarcity because they're just not hot queers who have good politics they're just not around and if they are y'all have been friends for too long and they dated three <laughs> of your exes and you're just not trying to go there you like know too much you know what i mean it's just not yeah. they're not hot it's to you conflict you're yeah totally so living here i feel like there's this sort of smorgasbord of like um it's easier to believe right that like if i break up with somebody and later i'm like dang i have my sh- i got my shit together in a different way or this thing that was bugging me about them and bug me now because of this other thing i learned you know whatever um it's kind of like i don't know there's just there's just more people and personalities and excitement to choose from it's not to say that people are interchangeable so much as like i can be bummed that somebody doesn't like me the way i like them anymore or that like our relationship has shifted in a way that <clears throat> we're not doing the same things but like there's just so much to explore and learn about myself in relationship with so many kinds of people here that I feel mm-hmm. like that desperation that is so true and has been so true in a lot of my life around like, but I can't break up with her because if I do, then I won't have something, 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 you know, it's like that is is just sort of less, mm, I don't know, scary here or something because it's like, yeah, you know, I would like to still see that person. But, this, you know, there's so many other people who are going to teach me so many other things about myself that like I can mourn it, but it's not so precious as it was. And I think that's where I need to be. I mean, especially because I do have on the note of a privilege check, there are people who bring me so much joy and and fill up my time and bring me flowers and, you know what I mean, like make me feel really good in my life. And I I if somebody else, again, if somebody gives me a boundary or if somebody's like not trying to do it anymore, it can be okay. It can be more okay than it can in North Carolina, <laughs> you know what I mean, or something like that, feel more okay.
1: Yeah. I don't know if that was like a counterpoint because I agree to everything that you just said. (laughs) Well, I was just saying like the it takes the pressure off because versus monogamy because because of the ability, what I call like the ability to bend and breathe. And so if you need to deescalate or reformat a relationship. You don't have to have this do or die, like you said, this binary yeah. thinking around it because. Oh, I
0: think yeah. I was saying some places I do feel like I still would. Oh, I see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what I was Yeah, and say. kind
1: of back to scarcity mindset because yeah. I always think that too. There's so many content creators who are like scarcity mindset. I'm like, bitch, that is real.
0: It's scarcity
1: real. Scarcity is absolutely real and the more marginalized your identity yep. is and the more rural or conservative of a place you live, that's that right. shit gets so real and you might cling to a relationship because you're like no you are the only other queer poly person in the next 200 miles that's right yeah i think Um, that's what i was saying is that like yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: i one of the things that like made me fall in love with you and jessamine i don't remember what season it was but you guys were talking about because your relationship was always on the line right and in Mm. one episode you said you're not really in a relationship if you're not if you're not willing to end it at any point. Mm. I don't remember how you phrased it, but I was like, fuck. It was definitely I have me been... and not her. I no, I don't. One of you said oh, okay. it, but you were both on with the philosophy. Yeah. You were yeah, both yeah. like, Actually, I do think it was you that said it. Yeah, Um, I'm like trying to voice it. I'm like, it wasn't me. I don't know. (laughs) But either way, it was something you both talked about. Like whoever brought it up, it was something that you guys believed in. And I was like, I have been saying that for so long specifically about jobs. Like you can't do a good job if you're not willing to lose your job, which is an entirely privileged stance. It's just a metaphysical or existential concept is all, Mm. is that we have to know that we are opting in to this relationship from a place of, is it working and not, I'm afraid to let go. Yeah, It was my whole point.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I think in that context, that brings it a little bit more home for me. Yeah. And I know that and, and Jasmine has talked to me about this. So we're in the middle of like a complete reformatting, she and I. And that's a part of why the show is not, I mean, the show's over. Like, it's not that it, that dear Jessamyn, the words may not pop up somewhere and it's not that she and I may not do a podcast someday, but like that show, the way it was, the way our relationship was when we started it and continued it, is done. And like, I'm saying it that way because I need to, I need to, for me, you know, but, um, she and I are definitely like trying to figure out what it means that we stopped working together completely, which we were doing so many projects together. Um, I stopped working together completely because we needed to for our mental health, both of us. And I moved out. Um, and so that alone, like is such huge change from, this nine year long friendship, four year long relationship that was like, you know, we say monogamish, just cause we were working and not dating. She has another partner or she did at the time have one other partner, still does, but um, she has more now and so do I. But um, that person and she had been together for 10 years when we got together. And so, you know, the relationship was just at a different place than hers and mine was. And we were really only fucking each other. We were working together side by side in the same office every single day through the whole pandemic. Like, you know, I mean, there was something really specific about how we were relating to each other. And then um, that just changed. And it's that, that changes, you know, we change, praise God. And like after that, everything around us can and maybe should sometimes change. And so, you know, we the love is not diminished in the slightest. And I don't think it could be for the way that she and I exist and love, but we are trying to figure out how, what we're doing now with the circumstance of the changes that material changes that and circumstantial changes that needed to be made, how that is affecting how we show up to each other in partnership. She's my partner. She's my ride or die. I'm hers for sure. And like, it is complex to be seeing, to have one day a week that we Definitely Sundays are our days together, no matter what we hate each other. We love each other, whatever we're fighting, we're not, whatever. Like we will spend that time together and and specifically not with other people. Um, but I have like three dates a week with this other person just so happens because I had concert tickets and, and she had a thing that she needed me to go to. And then we have our standing thing or whatever. And so it's weird to be seeing somebody more than her, first of all, just period. And then it's weird to be... um you know, feeling the feelings I feel when I, when she's been, she, she's she been seeing her partner, she's gone on a new, new date with somebody multiple times that week. And like, I get my one day and like in scarcity mindset, it's not enough. But that one day that she and I share in that week isn't just, isn't the only thing we're sharing in that week. Like, mm-hmm. obviously there's a lot that we're doing, texting and memeing and whatever, back and forth. Also sharing about work stuff and talking to her about how I'm getting a job. And she's talking to me about what's going on in this job that I know really well that she's doing and nobody else will really know what she's talking about the way I will. So we have all these things that we're doing, but also we have all these years that we're drawing from every time we come back together. And it's, it is kind of like what you were saying is like, there's a way to shift it in your brain in such a way that you're not like, you can move yourself out of the scarcity. I feel scarcity around time I get with her. This is Mm -hmm. something we've both chosen, something we've both picked. We, we, you know, have identified that, The distance that we live from each other, it's just like hard to make, we can't just pop by. And so it means like, we will certainly have a dedicated day a week. We might have more, but it's not necessarily guaranteed. And with our work stuff, she works a lot. I am working hard to get a job and I do that a lot. But I'm also very excited about exploring my world and like this very gay place that I live and very poly place that I live and learning so much. I always talk about it in the context of learning about myself because lovers offer me so much. You know what I mean? For me to be able to like live this life better. But um, it's easy to slip into scarcity thinking around the ways that she and I are reformatting our structure. And it's like a constant diligent effort to not. And sometimes what it means is like, I'll call her and be like, I don't care what you're doing. I just want to hear your voice a little bit. Um, And that helps. Like it fills up the cup, you know? And sometimes it's like, I I, I can just relax into, or like look at her picture from, when she was in college, you know what I mean? That's like on my whatever wall here and be like, oh, I've known her for a long time. We have this several years of relating that we've done that I can like just use to like hold myself over, tie myself over, you know, somebody I love loves me. And like, we are good because I do have this, like, it's not by choice. I have anxious attachment. Like I'm, I get scared in ways that other people don't totally understand about stuff that I can eventually say to myself probably I didn't need to be scared about but like it just is and so working with what is means I can I do have tools around like restructuring how I'm feeling about something or how I'm thinking about something um, in order to like we are very much in love I think that's kind of the point is that we are not breaking up but we are reformatting in a way that can work for our lifestyles better um, and we're not just like making each other crazy all the time but it is scary. It gets scary. It's also like, if we don't live together, what if we fall out of love easier or some shit like that? We weren't fucking for a long time. We were non-sexual partners. And so that was another thing. It's like, what's, what if somebody's going to fuck you better? That's just not real. Like all of that. I have this sweetie who talks about that process being anchoring your anxiety. So like, that's just a place to anchor anxiety that just lives in you and just you, mm-hmm. you're calling that anxiety. What if somebody fucks you better than me? First of all, that's not a thing just not gonna happen number two it's just a place for me to anchor my anxiety you know what i mean it's just a place for me to put what i'm already feeling and i'm usually feeling it about something else entirely work stuff is huge right now i'm like what if i don't get a job i'm gonna get a job nobody's gonna fuck her better than me because it's just not comparative like that anyhow like the things other people bring into a relationship you know what i mean it's like they're gonna fuck differently than me like that's hope to god i hope she's getting really good sex whatever she's doing you know what i mean it's not going to be what i do it can't because there's so much emotion and like relationship Mm -hmm. in in the intimacy already so it's just a place to anchor anxiety and when i can frame it that way i'm like okay why am i anchoring my anxiety there i could be anchoring my anxiety if i need to somewhere else i could be also like dealing with the fact that i'm having anxiety in my body and it doesn't have to be about a specific thing or about another specific thing It's a somatic reaction to reality. And I can, I have tools to work with that. I don't have to put it on, like, whether or not this person's gonna call me back. I can, and that's okay. I just need to know that I'm doing that. Makes me feel better if I know that I'm doing that, you know?
1: Yeah. So much of the work I do in peer support calls right now is coming up with somatic plans for people like if you know your partner is going to go on a date that night and you know you're always triggered when they're on a date what mm-hmm. happens if you go for a really hard hike that morning totally. does it change totally. you know and come in, and so i think that's something i'm like leaning on in my life right now as we're heading into the end here i would love to just ask you what are the what are some things you look at when it comes to does this relationship need to be reformatted Or de-escalated or broken up. Like for me, it's a functional thing. Mm -hmm. It's and and that's kind of the autism, the blessing Mm -hmm. I think of autism is it's simply an equation for me. Is it functional? Mm -hmm. Is it dysfunctional? Mm. And and if it is dysfunctional, do both of us want to change that? Because if the answer is yes, then great, we can alchemize it. Yeah. But if one person doesn't have an interest in changing the dysfunction or disagrees that it's dysfunction. Now we just have an incompatibility, right? And totally easy to deduce from there.
0: I have a different thing, but I love the concept of like recognizing incompatibilities. There can be many. Some of them are not deal breakers, whatever. Um, but incompatibility is not a scary word in my life. It's like, oh, that's so, yeah. It's a gift to be like, I got it. We're incompatible on that. But the way the my metric is same wise friend who asked, what if we break up before we hate each other? Asks me or used to when I she doesn't anymore. because She knows I do it myself. But when I'm getting a new relationship, she always says, is that person good for your pussy? And are they good for your wallet? And so I think over the years that that measure has changed for me, like, at first, I was like, right, do they make me pay for everything? Like, am I feeling the economic strain of being in this relationship or not? And obviously, they fuck me good. But I think what I've taken it to mean, what I've like expanded it to is like, does this person bring resources into my life, emotional, financial, maybe whatever, like, are they good for me in this way that they are bringing an abundance to me with their presence or with what they do? And then are they open to, interested in like the, all of the erotic, but also the emotional, like, are they good for my physical body, but are they also good for, do they do good things to my physical body? Do things I like and want to my physical body, but also like, do I feel good inside of myself around them? And that can just be easy. There's a lot of people, there's somebody I'm dating right now who I get really nervous and anxious and whatever, when I'm around it, it's something I need to think about because did I go for, do do I want to be around that person enough that I will work with what is going on in my physical body? And the fact is they're judgmental. Some people are, some people aren't as much, or don't you don't see it as much, whatever. And it gives me anxiety. But am I taking on the shit that they think or that they do? Is that my work? Can I handle doing that? Does it mean I need to run harder, go on a harder hike that day if I really want to hang out with them? You know what I'm saying? Because like they remind me of different people in my family also, and so I feel like it's less than I want to work with. I feel like it's it's good, it's it's information. But the question has to be: Are they good for my wallet? Are they good for my pussy? And that's how I decide it it, to bring it home. That's how I decide whether or not I want to keep going in a relationship. If there are more things in those questions that I'm asking, like if this person who gives me a lot of anxiety, if it stops being something I feel like I can work with, if it starts to just feel like I'm like my body, my pussy, like is not, they're not good for me in that way. Then I will start exploring what it's like to not date them anymore. But, yeah, I have to complicate that a little bit just because that's who I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, are they good for my pussy? Are they good for my wallet? It's an it's just an easy one to remember for me.
1: And for me, are they good for my emotional pussy? That's the well. That's I mean, I put that in. <laughs> I put yeah, that in like... the
0: pussy category for sure. Yeah,
1: totally right. Yeah. Especially as a demisexual, for me they go hand in hand. I think um, my what I want to leave this on is something I've started doing on first dates is asking folks to tell me about their last breakup or a significant breakup. Um, and early on in a relationship, as I noticed that it's what I would actually call escalating as far as emotionally escalating, I ask if they're willing to come up with a breakup plan with me. And sometimes folks will call it morbid. And that's a red flag for me because yeah, I don't totally. think it's morbid at all, I unless they well, like morbid things. If you get but into
0: I'm, morbidity, I mean, I think we're terrified of death right? In general, in this culture. Yeah. And I think the I find so much comfort and at-homeness with people who are comfortable talking about and being with and like knowing the inevitability of death. And in this case, in the relationship also, you know, so I'm with yeah, you. Yeah. I,
1: I like making a vow that like we will both bring it to the table for discussion should we see the exit sign mm-hmm. and um, negotiate from there. I really like being in conscious relationship with folks who uh, don't just hide things until it's too late because okay. I'm all about staying in the room and fixing shit when we both desire to. Totally. So.
0: There's nothing like continuing to date and fuck somebody who's already dumped you because the pressure's totally off. You know what I mean? <laughs> when we disagree, I'm like, you want to dump me again? Because I could just go, you know?
1: See, in that shit, I struggle to do that. Be, I think it's the demisexuality, but shit can get really, expectations sneak in mm. for me. Mm -hmm. And so then, like, I always do this thing where I break up, reformat, deescalate, redefine the container. And then the next thing I know, there's resentment somewhere. And resentment is always a sign I had an expectation that wasn't being met, so... I
0: can't speak highly enough for this person's integrity, honestly. And like the fact is she dumped me because we needed to stop being girlfriends. And now the way that we relate is very much like we get expectations sneak in for sure. I'll see it happening for her and I'll slightly adjust my shit. She'll see it happening for me. She'll slightly adjust her shit. We also are women who have hormone cycles and that shit changes. Sometimes you want to be cuddled more. (laughs) And so it's like, dang, can we be girlfriends? And it's like, no, we cannot. And so we hold each other to that. I think our shared understanding of integrity really helps with with that whole process for sure.
1: Well, and you clearly have very high emotional intelligence and so do your partners. And that's what makes all of what you're talking about possible. Before we go, yeah. um, is there anything you want to plug? Do you want to plug Dharmacosm? Do you want to plug how the fuck to hire you if somebody wants to give you a job? Ooh, I'm,
0: yeah, I'm working right now on my website, tenderfiremedia.com so that like anybody who would want to hire me would just go there and be like, oh my God, this bitch forever. So, um, (laughs) after today, which I'm sure that's when people will hear this tenderfiremedia.com will be the place to look and see if you want to hire me, but hire me. I do so many really important, cool remote work things that, um, (laughs) I like doing, but, um, No, I think um, mostly I want to just redirect people back to your stuff because I love looking at your stuff on social media. I think it's so helpful and feels great to like not feel alone as like a poly person in this life, in this world who's out here sledding around and like needing, (laughs) needing validation and advice. And I just really appreciate all your stuff and the fact that you put yourself out there. There's no way to thank somebody enough for like being real on the internet, you know?
1: Man, thank you so much. Yeah. Hey, if you want to support the show, you can join our Patreon. That's the best way you can help us. You can buy our book and uh, you can share every single thing that we make with all of your friends. That's all. <laughs> Love it. Well, okay. so
0: much again for having me. It's
1: been. A I, I hope that this is just the first of many.
0: Hey, I'm here for it. I mean, we can do like a whole, we can have our standing monthly check in oh, too.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, great. You've heard Sounds it here good. first.
0: <laughs> I right. fall in love just a little, a oh, little bit every day with someone new. I fall in love just a little, oh, a little bit every day with someone new.